Hello, it's Tuesday the 17th of October. I'm Andrew Harrison in for Miranda Sawyer. Welcome to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we round up the big stories, fatten up the little ones, and keep an eye out for the weird ones that might just get out of control. It is not a fun time in news right now, but we've been really encouraged by all the good words and the support flooding in to our proudly independent podcast. If you want to chip in a small contribution to keep us going, you can join the Papercut Supporters Club to get ad-free episodes, mugs, t-shirts, and more. Just visit back.papercutshow.com that's B-A-C-K dot papercutsshow dot com to find out how. And there's a link in the show notes too. Now, these are the headlines for today's edition. Israel-Gaza crisis worsens. Britain's missing while water and power cut off in Gaza. Jail fail winds up the mail. Hundreds of offenders have sentences cut under a Tory government. And you're fried. I mean, you're fired. Banker sacked for lying about his lunches. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, your roundup of all the news that it's just about fit to think about. Apologies that we're out a little bit late today. We'll be back on schedule tomorrow. Joining me to put the papers on the psychologist's couch is comedian, writer for 8 Out of 10 Cats and Late Night Mash, and co-host of Celebrity Breakup Podcast The Way We Were, appearing live in London's Museum of Comedy on 25th of August. It's Gronya Maguire. Hello, Gronya. Hello. I will never break up with either of you two. (laughs) It's kind of a love triangle, isn't it? And uh, bring in the gravitas. It's the Critic Magazine's parliamentary sketch writer and the co-host of A Pod Too Far, where they watch old war films so you don't have to. (laughs) Everybody's got a podcast these days. It's Rob Hutton. Hello, Rob. Hello. Uh, So the front pages are very tough viewing today, aren't they? Rob, what have we got? I'm going to start with the Times. Uh, teenage sisters among Britons missing in Gaza. And this I mean, this is out of date now. Uh, this is pictures of a 13-year-old girl, um, Yahel, and uh, her 16-year-old sister, Noya. And we now know that Yahel, um, the 13-year-old, she's been confirmed dead this morning. Um, and then um, on the on the side... Two dead in Brussels as gunman goes on rampage. Two people believed to be uh, Swedish football fans have been shot dead in Brussels by a gunman who, well, it says remained on the run uh, last night, but I think this morning has now been shot dead. In the Telegraph, um, Leeds also British girls missing after her mass terror attack and a photograph of a woman embracing her son's body uh, wrapped in an Israeli flag. It's a very moving photograph. Um and then the mail, I mean, it's interesting, the mail, this, because they've got the pictures of the, the, the two teenage sisters, but their lead story, they're going with a domestic lead yeah. story. I wonder if they just, if their view is that their readers fundamentally are more interested in stuff happening at home, um, which is violent prisoners to be let out early. Hundreds of offenders have sentences cut by 18 days under a Tory government. Would you believe it? <laughs> Grania, what, what have you got? Uh, so the Guardian's also covering the uh, escalation situation in the Middle East. Uh, their headline is Gaza humanitarian crisis grows as US bid to ease blockade falters. And um, a very moving picture of a, a group of people with lots of children uh, trying to flee the Gaza Strip. Um, the Sun decided to go a different way with their front page. Bless their hearts. They went with the crisis in the Rooney marriage. So their headline is, I just can't carry on. And that is 
apparently Colleen's response to allegations that Wayne's drinking antics with another woman were putting pressure on the nation's sweethearts. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, much as it's avoiding the real news story, you can see how they are trying to preserve the sunness of the paper there. They do <laughs> yeah. have Hamas kills six Britons as it just under the mass, so they haven't ignored it entirely, but it's, uh, it's very much, shall we say, an outlier today. It really is. And, you know, I guess, you know, it can feel so overwhelming. Um, and I think maybe just a sort of a little break from, um, you know, everything that's going on in the world. Maybe they felt it would sort of be more what their readers uh, were looking for. Uh, and then the Daily Star also went with a different lead story. First of all, a lot of celebrities are under pressure at this time of year. None more so than poor old Santa. There's a, a big picture of him. Apparently he's having a mare. Then the big story is crunch time as winter sparks family bust-ups. And it's a picture of Mrs. Merton with the headline, let's have a heated debate. So it's basically <laughs> their front pages. Is the heating going on or not? Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, that is kind of what is uh, enraging families at the minute. My mate had a great idea that all uh, thermostats should have a pin that only dad knows. <laughs> and nobody else can. <laughs> So there's no getting away from it. The Israel-Gaza story is dominating all the papers. And a story like this is where the papers kind of come into their own, isn't it, Rob? I mean, the multiplicity of angles, the thoroughness of reporting, I think has been really impressive. Yeah, and I, I just I just, just flicking through the times here. With the best one, you can't get this level of detail if you watch the 10 o'clock news yeah. um, bits. They've got a huge team out there. Um, a lot of a lot of these people I know recently in Ukraine, they're just they're sort of just chipping from one horror story to the next yeah. but um i mean it's, it's, it's a sort of interesting question i always have about these things it's our readers just sort of desperately flicking past all of this mm. which is slightly the male's view but obviously if you want you know other people will want huge amounts of detail and there is a huge amounts of detail well in, in terms of keeping on top of the story the eye has one of its, which I think are very underrated, yes. it's very good front page checklists because the eye does front pages in totally different ways to everybody mm. else. You know, they, they sort of take the approach that, you know, you're not going to stand in a news agent kind of reading the first few paragraphs because it's not 1975 anymore. Mm. So they, they, you know, the, the rundown they've got here is just, just give us that rundown there, Robert. They're, they're... Right. Um, Israel prepares to fight Hamas in Gaza tunnels. Delay before ground invasion while global diplomats try to help Palestinian civilians escape. And so that Israeli security services can gan gather intelligence on Hamas. Israel threatens Hezbollah with the destruction of Lebanon if it opens a second front. Six British citizens killed in Hamas pogrom and ten missing, Rishi Sunak tells Commons. Israel says 199 hostages are being held in Gaza, mostly civilians. But a Hamas official admitted last night they do not know how many are still alive. Gaza's water and fuel shortages worsen and hospital care deteriorates with borders shut to aid. Joe Biden, considering that this is now confirmed, Joe Biden will make a solidarity visit to Israel. Um, and uh, exclusive BBC exec shares Gaza genocide tweet. It, I mean, it is you, after reading that you do feel like right. Okay, you broadly, are up to I, speed, and that, and and what's inside backs it up. There's um, one particular story I wanted to ask you about. Um, that I mean, there's a huge mix of stories here: the horror in Israel and the privations in Gaza, and anti-Semitic attacks in the UK. A school yes. in Stamford Hill was splashed with red paint. Do you feel like on that story is, is, is that you know that's really bringing it home? Do you feel like we're getting balanced coverage across this? Well, I just don't know what balance looks like. I think you yeah. report all of it. I mean, I, I think what you 
the great thing about the papers is that you get lots of coverage and you can argue with the order in which things are put together, but it's all it's all in the times, yeah. fundamentally. Um, and it's invidious to say, oh, well, you know, the, the sort of the Telegraph's leading on an Israeli body and the Guardian's leading on, I think, Palestinian yeah. uh, the uh, people. I, I, you know, I mean, these are both these are both awful stories. They 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 they're both being covered. And yeah, actually, I I, I know there's been this row about the BBC. Yeah, right. there's, a, there's a great story in the Guardian about the BBC has received 1,500 complaints and they split 50-50. You're biased towards Israel. You're biased towards the Palestinians. I, there was a. I picked this up in in the Commons yesterday. So there was not not specifically about the BBC. I mean, thank goodness they were talking about more important things than that. I, but a very long two hour statement from Rishi Sunak, in which I I, actually, I thought he gave a really good statement at the start, and he sort of talked about look, we stand with Israel, we stand with British Jews, we also stand with British Muslims. We understand a lot of them are very yeah. nervous at the moment. And then as it went on, I mean. The average Labour MP was probably more likely to ask a question about uh, citizens in Gaza. Yeah. And the average Conservative MP was probably more likely to talk about Israel's duty to defend itself and the wickedness of Hamas. But that's not... Those are averages in a very big range. What I came away thinking was they have a full range of concerns and nobody... Nobody knows what the hell to do about this. Yeah, Grania, I want to come to you about for one. So it's a small story, but it's quite an interesting one. Um, that um, the Guardian have sacked their cartoonist Steve Bell uh, over an anti-Semitic cartoon of Benjamin Netanyahu, um, or rather, Steve Bell says he's been sacked. The cartoon itself. I mean, a, a lot of listeners would have seen it. It's a very strange thing of um, uh, Netanyahu sort of performing an operation upon himself, cutting out a piece of of his own uh, belly that's shaped like the Gaza Strip. And a lot of people said, well, if this is just a Jew and a pound of flesh, one of the oldest anti-Semitic um, tropes that there is. But what, what do you think of this? Because it's, it's just very strange, isn't it? I mean, Steve Bell's been skating very close to the wind for a long time. I don't know. It's so hard because on the one hand, somebody like Steve Bell, uh, he's a pedigree. He's, you know, used by the Guardian. He's worked there for... It's like 40 years or 40 something. 40 years. Yeah. Obviously, you... You have to have due respect for you're you're paying for his political insight and artistic expression, hmm. but on the other hand, the you know the Guardian have a right to decide what they want on their papers and what they don't want on their yeah. papers. They're all private companies at the end of the day, and they all have to decide whether something they feel tonally is what they want to present on their newspaper and what they think their audiences want to see. So. I think nobody's entitled to a job for life mm. and there is plenty of other platforms out there um, but it is quite eggy. I mean, there's another story I wanted to ask you about as well uh, which is, you know, we talked about how, um, you know, the papers have, have covered every possible potential angle on this. Um, this is in the mail. Gigi Hadid, the model, uh, has got in trouble for uh, sharing an, an allegedly... Uh, anti-Israel meme. She is herself of Palestinian extraction. What's happening here? So she tweeted quite, I think, a a bland, it doesn't feel like a very controversial statement that the danger of equating Israeli people with the actions of the Israeli government is as, as problematic as equating Palestinians with the actions of Hamas. Yeah. And then 
And this is what just, it feels like we're in some dark mirror version of reality. Then she got into a an Instagram spat with the State of Israel Instagram account where they... <laughs> The Israeli government's on Instagram account is fighting the with Israeli Gigi Hadid. Is is got into a Twitter spat. Now I love a celebrity Twitter spat more than just as everybody yeah. else does. But you just it's not what we need right now. And I just I, I find it, it I find it really offensive because it really trivializes such a, a really horrific situation. Do you think it's that the papers recognise that this stuff is so awful and so confusing that you know, sort of dragging celebrities into it is almost a way to simplify it and make it something they can get a handle on. Yeah, the casual reader go, I like Gigi Hadid. Hands off Gigi Hadid. It's like turning into a Katy Perry versus Taylor Swift thing. Yeah. It's just, I just think it's it's really distasteful. And, you know, Gigi Hadid, her her dad is Palestinian, so she's allowed to express an opinion. And it's a really bland statement. And I just think it's a bit gross for yeah. a, a government Twitter account to kind of pounce on her like I, that. I think, I mean, so first of all, that is a statement so uncontroversial that it was made multiple times in the yeah. Commons yesterday with, without yeah. without complaint. Um I remember in the wake of the 9-11 attacks being absolutely outraged that the Guardian had spelt Manhattan wrong. Yeah. And I and I and and I was furious about it and afterwards I realized actually this is just I was stressed and worried about lots of things that day yeah. mm-hmm. and I had found a thing that I could ground it in. Yeah. And lots of people I think are looking around at this and they're looking for something they can just kind of oh I'm going to be angry about that. Yeah. You know, because actually, the the thing the thing that we're actually angry and traumatized at, about is so awful yeah, and big, yeah. and there are just no easy answers. There aren't even any hard answers mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. I, I, so I think that I think a lot of these stories you just feel that's what's going on. Well, I remember uh, right after nine eleven, the the Onion, the fantastic Onion. Mm-hmm ran a uh, a photo montage of Britney Spears with a snake around her and uh, like a shark and you know the new iPod or whatever and it was just it was a it was a it was a kind of collage of nonsense stories that had been big the previous week and the headline was a shattered nation longs to care about stupid bullshit once again <laughs> yeah. and i long to care about <laughs> stupid bullshit once again <laughs> So it's a grim selection of front pages, but the papers have to keep soldiering on. As Rupert Murdoch once said, we are in the entertainment business. And one of the more peculiar stories is in both the Mail and the Telegraph. Banker sacked after he lied about sandwich he claimed on expenses. Grania, what has gone on here? Oh, I just... I want ITV2 to make this whole story into a five-part... This is the stupid bullshit you want to cling oh, to. Yes. <laughs> give us the, tell us, Give us the first bit of this story in the mail. Okay, so what has happened is a senior analyst who works for Citibank went on a three-day business trip to Amsterdam. Mm. Good for him. He's living his best life. However, for as part of his expenses, he charged for two sandwiches, two coffees and two pasta dishes, which he claimed he had eaten by himself right. on his day. But, but... Dang, dang, dang. 
So this is what we'll find out at the end of the second episode. Turned out his wife had joined him on his business trip. So then his his expense account was queried and he backtracked. No, he didn't back. He He doubled doubled down. down. He doubled doubled down. down. Double down on double portions. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I was on a business trip by myself and the reason why I I had two coffees is because they were very small. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The Lord. This yeah. is the most like British version of the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> the Wolf it down of Wall Street. So he's basically lost his employment tribunal to appeal against being sacked for being dodgy on his expenses, hasn't he? And this the, the bill for the lot was below his hundred pound a day allowance. I mean, I'm thinking like, what's the problem? I just I just think the person who was investigating um his his expenses hates him or hates their job mm. so much that they're like, I'm bringing them so we, down. We've got to get rid of this guy. I found two coffees when he only should have had one. That's it. Bring the hammer down. Is it time to get the, the smallest violin out for the bankers, bankers with their their um, sandwich expenses uh, shame? Well, I think there's there's something going there's something going on, guys, when it comes to bankers and trying to get free food because he's not he's not an outlier. In 2020, somebody else was sacked because they stole food from a staff canteen, and then in 2016, somebody. This was even was was uh, sacked because he was caught stealing a bicycle part worth five pounds. A bicycle? What was he stealing it from? I mean, is this good? I think from, from a colleague. I think they, they, well, the point the point about this actually, I, I'm going to offer a defence of, okay. of the banks. Is this is dishonesty? It is exactly and, that's and people, what it is, isn't it? Pe- people who are dishonest in small things may go on to be dishonest in large things. All you know about this person is that is that when you ask them about it, you think they lied, and yes. tri- an employment tribunal agrees, and you think, right, well, that's my data point with this guy. Am I then going to trust him yeah. with in this trust business? So the. As well as the brilliant sort of archive research in the mail there, going back to precedence, the mail also has a fantastic juxtaposition with the 28 quid Wagyu steak sandwich at Harrods, don't they? It wasn't even this sandwich. It wasn't. It was, I mean, he should have gone big or gone home. Yes. <laughs> well, he went small and went home. <laughs> <laughs> so this, if, if you know, you, you fancy treating yourself and you are London-based, head to Harrods, get a 28-pound sandwich it's a Wagyu steak. Uh, it's usually Wagyu, obviously, famously imported from Japan. Then it's got porcini and truffle butter, gold mustard mayonnaise, mushrooms, rocket and braised onions. Is that better than a steak bake from Greg's? I don't know that it is. It depends how hungover you are. I am willing to go on an expenses paid trip to find out. (laughs) But you can only have one or you will be fired. Don't be taking your partner and claiming for two. Rob, as an old school newspaper man, you'll be familiar with the culture of expenses. Absolutely not. I have no idea what you're talking about. On the advice of counsel. You must must have heard people who are familiar with the culture. I've heard stories. Yes. I'm just about old enough to have worked with guys who were retiring as I started, one of whom claimed to have bought his house. On expenses. (laughs) On expenses. Uh, the days of the, the days when because it was a tax thing partly they would it, yeah. because you weren't taxed on your expenses so every day even sub editors who yeah. you know have no working expenses would go, every week would go up to what was called the bank in the sky which was <laughs> the, the Daily Mail the, the Daily Mirror's it, 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 um, sort of accountancy bit and they'd just be handed uh, a watch of readies because I, I was when I was starting out in the eighties as a, as a kind of like callow you know tea boy was just the I was working with a lot of guys who'd been in the business for a long long time and it was the day be- it was the days before computerized printed out receipts so any bit of paper with a squiggle and fifteen pounds it was a lunch with a contact you, you, it was not chips <laughs> it was, was, so there was there, we, there's a 
I can't remember who originally wrote it. There was an idea that the, the ideal journalist restaurant would actually not serve food. It would just serve receipts. receipts. <laughs> yes. And it would be called L'Addition. <laughs> well, um, the, the guys that I used to work with, they used to refer to um, receipts as strads. And I'm, I'm doing me strads. What are you talking about? And eventually they said, well, you know, Stradivarius, violin. It's, it's a fiddle. <laughs> so this, we're doing the strads. There is a notorious... Um, story about uh, a political correspondent who's summoned in to see the managing editor uh, who says, you had lunch with this cabinet minister last Wednesday and you've claimed for it. And he says, yes, yes, I did, yes. And I said, well, I have to tell you that your boss also claims to have had lunch with the same cabinet minister that day and has also claimed for it. And the, the, the correspondent looks straight back at him and says, the greedy bastard. <laughs> we have to register before we move on. The Telegraph's headline for this banker twin coffee story is great, isn't it? It is. Banker giving the chop. After telling pesto, pasta, porkies. Four, four <laughs> food puns in one sentence. Take take the rest of the day off the, the Daily Telegraph. Well, while we're on pesto, pasta, porkies in the Daily Espresso, latte edition, it's time for the headlines, the fabulous bits of newspaper craft that turn the press from a simple record of things that happened into a dazzling tableau of wordplay and invention. So, what gems have we spotted today? Gronya, what have you got? So, this is from a true crime uh, murder case in the US where a man said that the devil took over him during a boy's exorcism and made him kill his friend. He denied the crime on the ground of demonic possession. The headline is... Was it just the excusist? And which paper is this? This is the Sun. It would be the Sun, wouldn't it? I'm quite impressed by that. They're very, very good at this kind of thing. And the eye paper. We don't usually give props to the eye paper for headlines because they tend to be quite straight, don't they? Well, this is quite a good one. This is a story we mentioned yesterday about the, the theft of toilets. Yes, so it's they're reporting that the police are investigating 35 portable toilets that were stolen from a racetrack in Herefordshire. The headline is... Toilet stolen and the police have nothing to go on. Which is a two Ronnie's classic for the, our younger listeners out there. It's it's up there with uh, police are see- seeking the man who's terrorising a nudist colony with a bacon slicer. Inspector Thompson of the Yard had a tip-off in the morning but he'd be back at work in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> and actually that one, nothing to go on. That was in the sun, down back down page in the copy yesterday. So the iPaper's clearly reading the sun. What have you got, Rob? Well, I've I've got the sun. Fury as uh, Madonna's O2 show overruns. She faces a uh, £300,000 uh, fine after her gig went on too long. The headline is, Papa don't breach curfew. Papa don't breach. <laughs> Papa don't breach. Curfew. Curfew. And you've got a banger in the star Over as well. Over in the star, we've got the story that um, boxer Titan Fury is the undefeated champ. Of cleaning. Right. Because his uh, OCD means that uh, he keeps their Morecambe Mansion super tidy, uh, his wife reveals. And the headline is, it's Dyson Fury. He's the Hooverweight champion of the world. He (laughs) prefers a nice clean fight. But what else lurks in the depths of the newspapers? What's in the features, the lifestyle, the news in briefs and all the other little bits? We've spotted some uh, some belters today. Rob, um, Times, page five. Trump, I did not defile Obama's bed. What the hell is this? I, I mean, this is a flashback story. Um, do, you're familiar with the Streisand rule that the uh, mm. best way to keep a story going is to sue over it. Yes. Um, Donald Trump is suing a former MI6 man, Christopher Steele, uh, in London. For weirdly, not for defamation, but on under data protection, 
rules because Steele compiled this dossier on Trump's Russian contacts that was then leaked that crucially contained this allegation that Trump did something deeply unpleasant. An act too disgusting to describe in a family newspaper. But anyway, he's denied it. Yeah, it's not true. It's completely untrue. We'd like to, we'd like to yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that's um because Trump says it's not true. Didn't he just forget to take his orange off? Yeah. And just knackered the sheets. He denies having taken any steps to defile the bed in which the President and Mrs. Obama had slept, or behaviour in Russia that could be used to back blackmail him. He said he did not pay bribes to the Russian officials to further his business interests or take part in sex parties in St. Petersburg or bribe or coerce witnesses. So I'm glad that's all sorted out. There you go. There goes everybody's breakfast. Um, <laughs> Grant, yeah, we, there's an astonishing uh, story in The Guardian. It's in the it's in the earpiece, which is the bit next to the master on the front page. Yeah. And it says, it picked me up and threw me how I survived an elephant attack. <laughs> I mean, we all have holiday nightmare stories. Yeah. Can you beat one of where you were stampeded by a an elephant. Uh, so this is a story about uh, from Gemma Jones. She went on a backpacking trip around Asia as part of uh, the you know the things you should do, things you should experience. Once was uh, riding on the back of an elephant. Unfortunately, it was a nervy elephant who threw her off his back, and uh, she ended up being stomped by this by this angry Nelly the elephant. Yeah. She gets on a 12-foot-tall, 5,400-kilogram pachyderm and it starts growling. And she's it's like, the growling. I didn't know elephants could growl. You don't want to hear an elephant growl. I mean, that is a Disney song in itself, exactly. isn't you it? You hear an elephant <laughs> growl, get the hell off the elephant. It's, it's, it is a really good read. and we, we would direct the readers to it. And the mad thing is she, does go, she goes back into, to Thailand in 2007 and does exposure therapy feeding elephants. What was so brave about her going, into, going back five years later? Elephants never forget. Elephants never forget. Everyone, yes. <laughs> and that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thank you to Grania for joining us. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And thanks to Rob. A delight. <laughs> Listeners, remember we're now out five days a week and we would be really grateful for your support to carry on trying to make sense of the papers for you every weekday. We are 100% independent. We've got no big media baron behind us. So it would be fantastic if you could contribute a little to keep paper cuts in rude health. For as little as £3 a month, you get 20 shows a month without adverts. Support us with a little bit more and you get extended episodes with extra material plus the coveted paper cuts, mugs and t-shirts. Follow the link in the show notes. It goes to back.papercutshow.com to find out more. And our beloved supporters get a shout out on the show. And here are some now. Hello and a big thank you to Joel Rawlings. I ran all the way here to say hello to new supporter James Carroll. And I ran all the way here too to say hello and many thanks for your support to Richard Johnston-Smith. Thanks everybody for listening. I've been Andrew Harrison and you've been listening to Papercuts. On a day when we land at the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam, we'll no longer issue limited edition Pokemon cards to visitors who complete their treasure hunt. Because of safety and security concerns about scalpers and touts, I say go and Pikachu on somebody your own size. (laughs) See you tomorrow, everybody. Papercuts was written and presented by Andrew Harrison with Gronje Maguire and Rob Hutton. The producer is Liam Tate and assistant producer Adam Wright. Audio production from me, Robin Lieben. Music by Simon Williams. Socials by Jess Harpin. Design by Jim Parrott. And original art by Modern Toss. Managing editor is Jacob Jarvis Group. Editor Andrew Harrison. Executive producer Martin Boytosh. And Papercuts is a Podmasters production.